0: episode of the Warriors Cry. I'm James Edwards and I'm your host. So I'm going to start this episode out with just kind of telling you a little bit about um, my month in August so far. Um, I just got back from vacation, so I went to Oak Island, North Carolina, which is a little south of Wilmington. And uh, I was actually there for about a week. So it was my mom, my stepdad, um, my two nephews and two nieces, and uh, my wife, of course. And we were all there and uh, just enjoying our time on the beach. Now, Oak Island is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, It's about 40 minutes south of uh, Wilmington and maybe about 35 to 40 minutes north of Myrtle Beach. And, uh, you know, really it's it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of a quiet beach. There's not a whole lot going on not a whole lot of activities uh down there which is nice um it kind of stunk when i was a kid cuz you know when you're a kid you want to uh enjoy uh going out and uh you know hanging out at at different events you know going putt-putting going to movies things like that and of course they do have a few of those kind of things but for the most part uh they don't last very long on oak island and uh you know it's just kind of a quiet beach uh kind of nice to go to and uh, been going there since I was around 12, 13 years old. So we were there uh, last week, and um, it was a really nice week, and on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember exactly what day, there was this uh, woman that just kind of uh, walked up to our canopy out of the blue, and she just began to prophesy over me, saying um, that she saw that um, I had a great ministry. And uh, the great ministry she saw would make a, a big change in uh, the world. And I can't remember all the specifics of what she said. I had no way of writing it down. I had no way of recording it. Um, but I thought it was fantastic. First off, she was obedient uh, to the Lord, and, and she uh, listened, and she came, and, and she spoke over myself. And, and even Amber, my wife, and my stepfather, um, a little bit, too, Uh, So she asked me directly exactly what it was that I do, and I told her that uh, I host the Warrior's Cry, where I interview different pastors, teachers, and leaders from around uh, the country and even the world um, about unity in the body of Christ. And her eyes lit up immediately, and she seemed like she got really excited about uh, the ministry. She told me that she had formerly gone to... uh, Elevation Church, and hopefully uh, that she knew some people that might actually be able to help me get Stephen Furtick on the program. Which you know, if if any of you guys have been listening to the program for a while, you know that Stephen Furtick is uh, a guy that I've really wanted on the program since I've since the very beginning, since I started this whole podcast. Um, you know, he is uh, kind of an inspiration in the ministry. He is a pastor of a mega church, one that's quite large, and they have a, a really awesome uh, praise and worship ministry there. Um, and anyway, I, I have wanted him on the program for a while, so hopefully that works out uh, to where we'll be able to maybe get Furtick on the program. Um, so I'll finish that off, that thought off, just by saying, you know, If you have the opportunity to follow God and to speak into someone's life, don't hesitate. Don't wait for someone else to do it because God has chosen for such a time as this for you to do what it is that he's calling you to do. If you feel the urging to walk up to somebody and pray for them in a Walmart or on the beach or in the mountains while you're hiking or wherever, do it. Do it. Um, Be faithful and do it. Um, You know, I I was reminded of a story uh, after I posted that on my personal Facebook page about the uh, woman walking up and prophesying over us on the beach. And I posted that on Facebook and a really close friend of mine, um, and I'm going to give her a little shout out, Aubrey Barnes, um, actually commented on that link saying that if it wasn't for me being obedient to the Lord 15 years ago, that her and her husband would not be, uh, in Christ or, you know, uh, something to that effect. Um, I don't know if that necessarily would be true. Um, sure. God used me at that particular moment in time, but, um, she is an incredibly gifted woman of God an awesome mother. Uh, she has, uh, uh goodness, I think, I think four children now. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and, you know, and she's married to a really, really good friend of mine, uh, Jay Barnes. Um, so to give them a shout out, you know, I think that's uh, that was uh, awesome for her to say that um, because it really did kind of give me uh, an emotional reprieve. I had a few moments of where I was thinking about uh, the impact that I had on her life and the impact that people have had on my life in the same uh, extent So I would encourage you that if you have the opportunity to speak into someone's life, speak into their life. Don't hesitate. Don't resist. Speak into their life. So this month's episode is uh, myself interviewing uh, a fellow co-host of uh, our other podcast that we just started, uh, Warriors on the Wall. Um, his name is Steve Bremner. He's actually the... Um, A missionary uh, in Peru, Lima, Peru. I think it's Lima. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly where he's at, but he's in Peru. And, uh, you know, he uh, was actually one of the people that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, maybe several episodes ago, where he emailed me after I interviewed Dr. Michael Brown and tried to encourage me to continue doing these podcasts because he said that the majority of podcasters quit after seven episodes and he thought that I was onto something and he wanted me to continue. So if you remember that story, if not, it's in uh, episode, uh, I want to say it's episode seven with Dr. Michael Brown. And uh, so, you know, he actually reached out and uh, since then we've kind of cultivated a, uh, a friendship, you know, from afar. I've yet to meet him. I'd love to, the opportunity to meet him. Um, but Steve Bremner, He is the host of uh, Fire on Your Head podcast, which is also a really, really good podcast. I'd encourage if you're listening to my podcast, to listen to his as well and support his ministry uh, in Peru. Uh, He's got uh, stevebremner.com, I think is his website, as well as fireonyourhead.com, and you can actually donate to his ministry there. Um, listen to his podcast, purchase his book. He just recently released a book called, uh, nine lies people believe about speaking in tongues. Fantastic, fantastic book. I have yet to read it all the way, but I've read uh, a few chapters in so far, um, Anyway, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start the interview. Uh, Depending on how long the interview actually lasts, I may split it into two episodes. We'll see exactly how it works out, Um, but we're going to go from there and uh, stay tuned after I finish off uh, the first part of the interview uh, for my thoughts, Um, and I will uh, probably put the second uh, part of this episode out uh, next week so that you have time to listen to this one and uh, and all of that. So um, so we're going to go ahead and start that part of the episode, and I appreciate you for tuning in and listening in. Um, once again, this is The Warrior's Cry, and I'm your host, James Edwards. And I asked Steve to join me today uh, to talk about unity in the body of Christ. So let's go ahead and uh, welcome Steve to the program. Steve, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your ministry.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know where you want me to begin. Uh, you know, you know that, that introduction you just gave me about uh, <laughs> having me on to talk about unity. Gosh, I'll do my best. <laughs> I um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like really quickly, like you mentioned, I, uh, I'm sitting down at my, my desk down here in Peru. I've been here for seven and a half years now. Uh, I got a, a wife and a, a two-year-old daughter, which I guess is the, the, you know, the prize or the reward of uh, doing that. And uh, I also do a podcast. And I think one of the reasons I reached out to James was because I saw that he posted in a group should I talk to, about you in the third person or or talk to you?
0: <laughs> you can talk about me in the third person or to me. because right, I don't
1: know if I'm supposed to talk to your audience or talk to you directly. But I talk
0: to my audience, talk to me, talk to whoever. Right. You can talk to yourself so... if you wanted to.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, and and you you posted that you were looking for someone. Uh, you were looking for people for for a um, you know a panel or something for a podcast you were going to do. So I basically you know checked you out and and listened to your. Interview with Dr. Brown and part of the one you did, um, kind of lamenting the difficulties you were having getting some uh, some specific guests. Uh, so I listened to it enough to get an idea of what I could say to you if I approached you and and uh, encouraged you because uh, I've I've heard that the the uh, average number of podcasts that new podcasters reach before giving up or stopping is seven and coincidentally that's how many podcasts you had i think your dr brown interview was number 7 it
0: was. and
1: and so i wanted to you know if you were teetering on the edge of uh giving up to to not do that but to be above average or i don't i don't remember if i said those exact words to you but you know get past that 7 episode mark and and i wanted to see what you were you were looking for with a uh, uh the, this other podcast idea just just in case you know, I certainly didn't think I was going to be getting in touch with you to be to be on it or to be uh, a guest on this one. So, uh, so I, yeah, I, I say that I'm honored uh, that you would invite me. I hope I can live up to the the high standards set after being on uh, after Dr. Brown and Frank Turek. You know, so, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's the podcasting stuff. We're a part of like a, a an organic church uh, down here in uh, a neighborhood called Los Cedros, which is Spanish for like. If you lived in a place called Cedarwood, uh, you know, because that's what cedar is in Spanish, cedro. And uh, we, we've, we disciple people that come from the jungle uh, in, the, in the middle of the country called Pucalpa. And we have this ministry school going on that I'm one of the teachers in. And, uh, you know, small school, like we meet in a living room. And uh, I think this year we've got five students. Uh, and as well as discipling neighbors of ours, we've led to Jesus we basically are are fond of the idea of disciple making and i don't mean rounding up a bunch of people to sit under us while we teach something or you know having a pulpit and saying that everyone that sits under me or our leaders or whatever are discipled by us but the idea of living life on life together um you know we there's a lot of meals that are eaten together with you know each other in our community uh and we're we're fond of attempting to make sure everyone in our community knows how to make disciples themselves, whether they they know how to lead someone to Jesus and and help grow them up spiritually, or they meet someone who's who's young or or new enough in the faith, uh, needing to be discipled. But if you spent a week with us or more, you you I don't think would be able to leave our our community or our atmosphere without having it impressed on you how important we find discipleship to be.
0: Cool deal. Thank you for that uh, introduction to your ministry and everything uh, down in Peru. So typically what I'd like to do before we start um, getting in deep into the questions that I uh, like to go over with the Warrior's Cry, i like to start off with the foundational verse of the Warrior's Cry, which is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through thirteen and it says Now I exhort you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment, for I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this that each one of you is saying I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Saphas, and I of Christ. But has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So, taking that section of scripture, what does that say to you, Steve?
1: Well, off the top of my head, uh, I, I, I didn't open up my Bible to to follow along with you in that. That's from the beginning of First Corinthians, right?
0: Uh, First Corinthians chapter one, verses ten through
1: thirteen. Yeah, I uh, when I was in Bible school, our teacher that taught on that referred to like verse ten as as Paul's. Um, thesis statement, you know, that you all be of one mind or the same mind. And so I've always had that kind of stick out to me that um, one mind not being like you agree about every single doctrine or, or point of view or something like that, but that generally speaking, uh, that we would all be about the same, the same vision. You know, we're all building the same kingdom. We're all a part of the same community of believers or the same body of Christ. We all have that same mind I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's the kind of reaction I have to it uh, off the top of my head.
0: Right. Um, So, yeah, basically that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, The the interesting thing about this verse is when you actually look at it, you see, just like you said, your teacher had told you um, and and basically said that that was his thesis statement. Uh, And and if you actually follow a lot of Paul's writings, it seems like this is a common thing all throughout all of Paul's apostles— or epistles about um, unity in the church. So, in your opinion, what do you think actually started the division that we see in terms of uh, the denominational divide that we have in the church today?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I've been in—I've been in maybe two church splits or a part of things that were, you know, schisms. You know, where there were sides taken. And I remember in one situation, uh, the two leaders said, um, you know, they were quoting uh, from Amos or something where it talked about like, how can two walk together if they're not in agreement? And I think there's something to it where, um, there is a dysfunction. And, and if, if people, if there's, you know, whether it's two people or two groups or whatever that are just fundamentally unable to work together and be at unity, um, some kind of division is just inevitable. And I think something like that happens along, along the way, you know, like I don't want to try to, you know, pontificate about history and, and, you know, the different denominations and stuff, but very oftentimes uh, someone kicks somebody out, you know, like there's different denominations that are started, like uh, where somebody was going hard after God or they were, they were evangelizing and they were doing something wrong that like the previous establishment didn't like. And so that, you know, they booted them out and, and a movement was started. There's a lot of that. Uh, but there's also just fundamentally people don't get along, <laughs> you know, um, I had another teacher and he said, uh, where two or three, where two or three, sorry, where two or three are gathered, there will be a fight. You know, there's just, <laughs> yeah. there's just something about like human nature where my way or the highway, you know, whether that means I'm going to go or you're going to go. But like we, we, you know, like, and unity is hard, you know, working together, being of one mind is is hard i think somewhere along the way people become comfortable giving up and and letting their their differences or letting the things they differ over enough to divide uh, divide them you know i'm not saying i'm perfect at it i'm not saying i can just perfectly get along with our work with anybody and everybody that comes my way we all have our character flaws personality conflicts uh but if if we want to like admit it, a lot of these schisms and divisions and things like that boil down to a lot of stuff like that, <laughs> whether we admit it or not, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, it's it, it just you know when you think about the church in general, and you know, before I was a Christian, um, you know, I was actually into kind of like into witchcraft and, and Satanism. I wouldn't say I was really deep into it, but I was. I considered myself in that kind of vein of things. And I used to look at the church and think to myself, you know, why are there so many different denominations and and why are they telling me that they have the truth when they can't agree with each other? Right. And you know, my struggle was I didn't understand why they were trying to tell me about Jesus and I I was raised with Jesus. I was raised going to you know, Baptist churches, all my childhood, and you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I had no desire to pursue it because to me, the Jesus that I was taught when I was a kid was a, a God of restriction and a God of no and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, since then I've learned differently. But, you know, when you're growing up, you're very, um, uh, what's the word? You're very uh, impressionable to that kind of thing. And um, so I was kind of raised with that. And then looking at from the outside in, seeing all of the division, I always wondered why the church was so divided. Um, what are some things that you think causes that division? I know, I know you mentioned uh, uh, disagreements and, and just, you know, uh, issues between themselves. But what are some specific things scripturally based do you think uh, can be pointed to for this division that we see in the church?
1: Uh, well, I don't know how to answer that question without being repetitive. But one thing that, that comes to mind is, you know how the, the word talks about how uh, one day, like every tribe and every tongue, you know, will, will confess, every knee will bow. And so implied into that is is a variety, you know? Like I think denominationalism isn't like inherently evil or, or wrong necessarily. But like, what if the same way that like, you know, like I live in Peru, I come from Canada, I've lived in America, I've lived in Europe. Um, th- th- there's just fundamentally different c- things about these different cultures. I've got uh, part- ministry partners who are, you know, like one, more like African American kind of charismatic church. I've got some, some people who are more uh, like studious and, and, and don't believe in the gifts of the spirit, for example. Uh, you know, there's different doctors that are not um, make it or break it uh, type of, you know, uh, non-negotiables. And then there's other things that like, you know, well, like this group likes to dress up and this group, uh, likes to go casual. I think the same way there's like variety in, in in the human race and the way God's made us and, uh, the way there's different cultures and different races and stuff on the planet. Like, is, is it a lot to, to expect or think that the same thing can happen uh, on some level with the way uh, you know different fellowships form and and what kind of uh, emphasis you know one might have that another doesn't, like we could point to some divisions that are that are good and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with them, uh, but but where they come from or or what causes them, like you know I can only speculate and give you like opinion like I did a, a moment ago with with uh, your other question your similar question, uh, but I think you know it all boils down to like wherever there are two, wherever two or three are gathered, there will be a fight. You know, there's just, um, I don't want to imply that like unity is impossible or, uh, we could never, uh, you know, unite and get along. But I think there's just something on that, on that level where it doesn't have to necessarily be, uh, like a bad type of division, but there's just going to be, you know, as, as there's a variety of people, there's a variety of ways of, going about the kingdom's work. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I get that. You know, just to give you some backdrop as far as to why uh, the Warrior's Cry really even exists is, you know, back in the the day, I, I was saved at, in 1997, um, standing on the bank of a, of a little pond um, at a reformed Presbyterian uh, camp called uh, Bon Clarkin, which is in western North Carolina um, I can't remember exactly where it's at, um, but I was a kid, and and we went to, uh, I was 17 at the time, and we went there as a men's advance, a men's encounter, and I got saved there. Or I didn't really get saved there. I got saved um, when Steve Hill visited my church, and then we went to a men's advance, and then I got baptized in the Spirit and uh, got my call when we were at Clarkin. Bon clarken um, but I had had a series of dreams right after I got my call um, in, into ministry. And uh, those series of dreams led me to uh, various kind of assertions about this. One, uh, and I don't want to be too repetitive for my listeners because most of them have heard all of these stories so far, but uh, one was myself walking down the beach with this bride, and, and I made a declaration uh, that I love you, Beth, I love you, Bethel, I love you, Elizabeth. And, um, you know, uh, it took my pastor, who was episode five on the Warrior's Cry um, who told me exactly what that vision meant. Uh, he said that it, I was basically committing to God to fall in love with the house of God, and I was making an oath to God to fall in love with the house of God, because that's what Beth and Bethel and, and Elizabeth mean. Elizabeth means uh, a house or an oath to the house of God, uh, essentially. And, um, and then I had this, this vision um, that I've recounted numerous times, uh, either on the podcast or in writing, uh, where I was in a field, and, and there were body parts strewn all over the field. Um, and I walked up to this big table that had all of this uh, these food this food uh, spread all out in front of me, and there was a bowl in the middle. And inside of the, the bowl was the head of Jesus that looked at me, and he said, this is my body broken and divided for you. And then, of course, uh, I came out of that vision. And ever since then, um, I've been kind of burning with passion to see the church united, um, not necessarily in complete agreement on everything because you made a comment that you don't think uh, I mean that there are some divisions that are good and, and I agree with you on that. but where I have a problem with division in the church is you have a Baptist Church down the road and that Baptist Church down the road is King James only. And the next thing you know they're they're cursing out uh, their brethren at another church up the road because they don't agree that they're reading New American Standard. Uh, and then you've got that church uh, disagreeing with a Pentecostal church down the road because they speak in tongues. And that Pentecostal church doesn't agree with the Methodists because the Methodists don't necessarily care if they preach the gospel, but they want to serve the community and love on people. Um, and, and you've got all of these different things where each different denomination is cursing and, and, you know, tearing each other down. And that's where I think the division has to end. Does that make sense?
1: Well, that makes sense. And yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like I think those kind of divisions are stupid. Like there's, there's non-negotiables and there's things that like we can all be flexible and and show grace one to another about, but, uh, like I wasn't trying to gloss over that kind of negative division. Oh no, I didn't take that. No, I didn't take that. Well, I'm just clarifying for like the listener who might be thinking, Oh, Steve's one of these, Jesus is a hippie. We all need to love one another and there's (laughs) whatever. Um, Definitely not what I was saying, but yeah, you, you make a good point. Like I, I too, however it is possible long for like, well, how do we fulfill that? Like on the earth where it doesn't matter if like a, a Pentecostal or a Baptist or whoever, um, uh, you know, walk into the other's church, there's not suspicion. There's not some kind of like, um, uh, what do you call it? I, I had an idea that, that that slipped my mind but that that i thought was really brilliant when you were saying what you were saying um but it, it slips in my mind now what do you ever notice and i know like i'm on your show to be asked questions but maybe this is something you've thought about but do you ever notice like this when people talk about unity or they talk about um not letting denominational barriers be a difference between them oftentimes They're still swimming in basically the same circles, you know, like you'll see, you know, some denominations that other than their name don't fundamentally have a lot of, uh, you know, division or differences and things, but like cross a real line, you know what I mean? Like where one, one, one denomination that believes like speaking in tongues is of the devil and another that doesn't, you know, like cross a line where there's some real fundamental differences. And then let's talk about unity. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Not, yeah. Not well. They wear hats in church, and we don't. But we've we're united in the spirit. Well, like la da. You know, like that's that's great. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, we dress up, and they don't, and we're we're we don't have a problem with that. Uh, well, let's let's have a problem. Like, does it bother you if they ordain women, or do you? Uh, does your church uh, do this that another other church you know has a problem with? Um, I don't know like I think it's just a miracle or some kind of supernatural thing from the lord that that's going to be the solution to those kinds of uh divisions ultimately but it doesn't mean I'm not longing for it you know
0: well anyway and, you know I don't know the, if that was
1: a rabbit trail or not but it,
0: it, well it was okay I mean it, the the thing that I it, it's when it comes down to it you're right we should be stepping across the borders we should be stepping across the boundaries and we should be trying to figure out ways
1: Dude, Does he me. vote Democrat when you vote Republican? Like, where is <laughs> I, don't, the, I don't mean it I mean? like that. Yeah. I, no, I, that's another example that came to my mind.
0: Right, you know? yeah. So, you know, um, what's going on now is I was actually, uh, while we're recording this, we're recording it um, on July 26th. Uh, I won't post this episode uh, probably until early August. Um, but tonight I was watching part of the Democrat National Convention. And uh, Bill Clinton was speaking, and he's talking about unity and unity and unity and blah, 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 blah. And we know what unity looks like to them, and we know what unity looks like to the other side. And um, that's not what we're talking about. When when I say crossing the line, crossing the border, what I mean is uh, – and, and, and I'm, I'm going to bring up another story that I've, I've brought up before on the podcast. Um,
1: it's fine by me.
0: <laughs> you, you've not heard them all. I um, guess not. <laughs> So you know, um, there a few years ago, um, my pastor at uh, my church here in uh, uh, North Carolina um, said that there was a little Baptist church that was putting together a tent for a tent revival. They were bringing in a uh, uh, a evangelist who was going to preach a revival. And, and first off, you know, I've always thought to myself, whenever they you know these churches have revivals, you know, they're not truly revivals. They're just basically conventions with a bunch of different pastors that come or one particular pastor that comes or whatever. But anyway, they were building this tent and he had encouraged the men to go over and help, you know. And so I had gotten like a urging in my spirit to go over and help. So my brother-in-law and I, we went over and uh, we were helping out and and I didn't know any of the guys from any of the other ones because, you know, here I am going to a Pentecostal charismatic church And, um, you know, all these guys are Baptist, Baptist, uh, good, good brothers from, uh, from various churches around the community and they're all helping build this tent. And nobody asked me any questions. You know, I was just out there helping. They assumed that I was a good Baptist brother as well. And so we're building the tent. And after the tent was up, the Baptist pastor from the church that was actually sponsoring the event walks up to me and he said, uh, son, I'm glad you come out to help. And I said, yes, sir. Not my pleasure. And he goes, what Baptist church you go to? And I said, well, sir, I don't really go to a Baptist church. And he just looked at me. He was kind of perplexed. And he said, well, well, what church you go to? And I said, well, I go to New Covenant Church over over in Clyde, North Carolina. And he goes, Clyde, North Carolina, New Covenant Church? That's a Pentecostal church, son. You know that? I'm like, yes, sir, absolutely. I know that. (laughs) And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, well, we don't agree with that. And he just kind of turned around and walked off. Well, I've mentioned that story to several of the pastors that I've interviewed uh, on this program and to various you know, degrees of, of uh, comments. Uh, one pastor, uh, my, my pastor, um, who uh, was on episode five, um, kind of told me that, um, that his reaction was warranted because you know, we didn't have his permission to come out and help and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, and then other ones were basically saying, you know, well, hey, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, you know, uh, that, that you showed up, but that doesn't really, you know, tear down borders or anything like that. But it kind of inspired me. I, I found that I loved that reaction so much that I wanted to see it more. Um, I love the reaction from that pastor, not because I wanted to offend him, but because I... For some reason, I just get a kick out of people being uncomfortable um, when they're growing, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I want to see more of that. And so one of the goals that I have for The Warrior's Cry is I want to ultimately um, get uh, service groups, not men's groups, not women's groups, but service groups uh, all over the country, all over the world even – that kind of puts their ear to the train track and listens to, you know, potential things that are happening in the community, and we just show up and help. Um, And the reason why I want to see that happen is because that is the number one thing that I think would help unite the church. If all of a sudden you had Pentecostals going over and helping every Baptist set up their tent revivals, if you had Baptists going over and helping Pentecostals set up tent revivals, if you had... Uh, you know uh, people going over and helping with parking at you know I don't know a soup kitchen or whatever's going on in the community the first thing that people are gonna uh, are gonna think is hey that's that's pretty awesome the church is working together and that's gonna draw more people that's or at least that's what my thought is what are your thoughts on that
1: I think that's that's definitely um a, a, a worthwhile uh, goal a worthwhile endeavor Uh you're right when you said a moment ago, I don't know if you were quoting one of your guests that, uh, yeah, we can go do stuff like that, but it's not necessarily going to be the thing that tears down a wall. Um, it strikes me. Uh, you said your, your guest from episode five, your, your pastor uh, could understand that the other pastors response because um, like, what did he say? Like it wasn't your place or something to go and and, uh, and help or, or what was the exact concern?
0: So, you know, um, Pastor John Pellinero is, is my pastor. He, he's kind of right. my spiritual father and he's my episode five guest. And, uh, you know, many of my listeners have actually listened to that episode and could tell that there was a relationship between us, um, because it got tense a couple of times in that episode where you could tell that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. will have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. So you could tell that, that he didn't totally agree with my, uh, my idea of unity, um, on that episode, and, and I actually had uh, a friend of mine who listened to it, and he said that, that was his favorite episode because he could tell we were kind of going back and forth on this. Um, but his concern, and, and this is where I learned a lot of kind of my uh, idea of, of some of my theology from, um, is order. I learned a lot of order from him, that that everything has to have an order. You know, there's there's always a head... And there's always, you know, a a specific order that things should be done in. And um, so his thought or his concern was that we didn't have the pastor's permission to be there. And so therefore, we were not being blessed while helping out. Um, Or I wasn't being blessed while helping out because we weren't um, invited uh, so to speak. I don't know. To I don't do know
1: if, that. Is is that like a cultural thing? Because I
0: don't. I don't well, I mean, where I
1: come from, people show up and help you with something. You're grateful. Like there yeah, isn't and, and a lot of that. protocol I, about it.
0: Yeah, and I, I totally agree <clears> with that. I don't know if it's necessarily cultural, um, but I do know that there is an order in Scripture. I mean, you can agree with that. Sure. Um, you know there there is a a specific um, uh, chain of command, so to speak, in Scripture. And, and I think that's directly what he was referring to when he said that, you know, that we were out of order when we just showed up, you know, just kind of randomly, um, you know, and, and I guess
1: I guess when you started to tell the story, I thought that um, when you had gone to help that like they knew you were coming or had some kind of idea you were, you know, I didn't know that's where you were going with the story. So I was kind of surprised when you said um, about your, you know, the pastor that had a, uh, he understood his reaction and, and agreed with it. Um, I, 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 guess I'd have to think about it and process it some more, uh, because on the surface, like I wouldn't get what the problem is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read that much into it or, or be so concerned about it. Um, but then again, I live in Peru now and, uh, when help like that is offered, it's, it's appreciated. There's not like this protocol of making sure that you have, the pastor's permission or stuff like that, that I've ever experienced or been a part of. So, you know, that's why my knee-jerk reaction is to ask questions to clarify the circumstances.
0: You know, and and my thing is, is that I have a great deal of respect for, uh, you know, Pastor John because he is my spiritual father. So when he says things like that, it causes me to step back and kind of look at things and think about it. And so part of the reason why I was even stepping back to think about it was because of his uh, sentiment in that, but I did have other pastors that are like, "Yeah, that's awesome." You know, uh, people should do more of that. You know, so it, it's kind of a mixed message there. Um, of course, I I weigh uh, Pastor John's uh, view as being more weightier, I guess, because I have a, a deeper relationship with him than I do with sure. some of the guests that I've had on my program. Um, you know, so that's kind of where I come from on that. That was the first per- part of, uh, episode nine, um, join us again in, uh, maybe about a week or two, uh, when I post the second part of the interview with Steve Bremner. So just a few thoughts on the episode, uh, before I cut it off, um, What did y'all think about Steve Bremner? What did y'all think about kind of his views about unity in the church, uh, his mission? And, you know, just generally, how did you think the conversation went? So, you know, please... Uh, look us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com/forward slash the warriors cry. Once again, that's facebook.com/forward slash the warriors cry. And uh, like the page and join in to the discussion over there. And um, please leave messages telling us what you think about um, you know the interview with uh, Steve. And uh, you know if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that, you can message me directly through the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, which uh, the handle is at The Warriors Cry. Um, You can also uh, email me directly at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. So I'm going to go ahead and close this episode off. Uh, Before I do, I'm going to finish it out just by saying uh, this episode was brought to you by 434 Graphics. That's my printing and marketing business uh, where I do business cards, postcards, brochures, you name it, I can do it. Um, And, you know, I'd love to help your business, your church, your ministry with whatever it is that you need help with, um, contact. Me at 434graphics at gmail.com and I'll be glad to get you a quote. Uh, My prices are low and, uh, you know, uh, I I like to think that my quality of product is really, really good. If you email me, I'll be glad to send you a free sample kit, um, you know, so that you can kind of get an idea of what it is I'm able and capable of doing. Um, So once again, thanks for tuning in to the Warrior's Cry and check us out again in a few weeks when I have uh, the Continuation and the final uh, episode uh, of the Steve Bremner interview. And then uh, in September, I have an interview with. Caesar Kalinowski, which I'm pretty stoked about that as well. If you haven't heard about him, you can look him up on uh, uh, Google or or do a search on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, I follow him in all those places. Uh, Really, really interesting uh, uh, gentleman, and I'm really excited about talking to him as well because he's really big into the missional uh, community uh, of churches, which is kind of what the Warriors cry... um, hopes to achieve, uh, with unity in the body of Christ, uh, is, is something kind of like what Caesar is doing. So, uh, once again, like our Facebook page, uh, join us, uh, on Twitter, Google+, wherever you choose to listen, uh, or to follow and listen to us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, uh, TuneIn Radio, whatever Wherever you want to listen to, we're there. And also check out our other podcast. We'll be uh, recording another episode here soon, uh, episode two of Warriors on the Wall. Check that out as well. Uh, really excited about that podcast. But thanks for tuning in, and uh, love you guys. Have a great one.